All right, welcome back. We're going to be back in the book of Judges this morning, starting Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6 is... I'm going to get into the story of Gideon. And Gideon is one of the longer um, accounts of the Judges. We have Shamgar, who took up just one verse. Um, now Gideon is going to take up almost three chapters. Um, so we are going to uh, get into the beginning of chapter 6 this morning and uh, hopefully learn a few things from this. But with understanding that God, the principle of the measured word, that in those things... Sorry. God gave us everything that he wants for us to know between the covers of this Bible. Um, from Genesis to Revelation, this is his message to us. So there are things that he repeats that are very important. There are things that he leaves out that are just as important. Um, but he takes up uh, almost three chapters to explain about Gideon. So I think it also means that there's some stuff in here that is extremely important for us to understand and we can see a lot uh, in Gideon and we can we're going to make some tie-ins uh, to some prophecy and some other things as well so uh, let's pray and then we'll get into Judges chapter 6. Father God we love you we thank you again for this opportunity Lord we thank you for this glorious day Lord I pray that you would keep the rain away help us to uh, be able to get down to the park and uh, Lord to serve you and worship you and help us here to hear your truth and lord help it to enter our hearts and mold us and shape us so god please guide and direct today we love you and we thank you it's in jesus name we pray amen so judges chapter 6 and verse number one and the bible reads and the children of israel did evil in the sight of the lord and the lord delivered them into the hand of midian seven years and the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up, and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou come unto Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass. For they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and brought you forth out of the house of bondage and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drave them out from before you and gave your gave you their land and I said unto you I am the Lord your God fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell but ye have not obeyed my voice now this message from the prophet this is not in today's this is free but uh, reminds me a lot of the prophet that he sent in Judges chapter 2. But uh, we'll probably tie some of that in next week. 
But the very first thing that pops out to me as we begin to read this is obviously, again, Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They had just uh, had 40 years of prosperity, 40 years uh, from Deborah and Sisera, uh, after, from Deborah and Barak after they defeated Sisera, after God helped them to defeat Sisera. And we went through this whole chapter 5 of just one long song of praise to the Lord. And now again they're doing evil in the sight of the Lord. And, and they're going to be delivered for seven years. Now this is the shortest that we've seen so far of Israel being taken into captivity. Uh, we saw with... Uh, I'm not there yet. We saw with Cushan with Rishathaim eight years before they turned their back. Uh, they served Eglon 18 years before they turned their back. Uh, before they turned back. They served Jamin, the king of Canaan, for 20 years before they turned back. So this is the shortest stretch of, cast, of captivity for Israel. And you might think that they're beginning to learn their lesson. But I believe that verse 2 gives us the true reason for this. And, and that's because the hand of Midian was heavy. In verse 2 it says, Israel made them the dens which are, because of the Midianites, Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. In verse number 5. No. In verse, yeah, in verse number 5. For they came up with their cattle and their tents and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. You see, the other kings had come, and they had taken Israel captive. They wanted to make Israel tribute, tributaries. They wanted to uh, make them give them their wealth, but make it be continually. Midian, Midian was coming in and was taking everything every year, leaving Israel with absolutely nothing. They were trying to destroy the land completely. This was their worst captivity. Now, Malachi and I were, was it Friday that we were working on the S10, putting the mirror on? And he had made a comment about not breaking the mirror. And I said, well, that's seven years of bad luck. Now, I, I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. But um, the old saying goes that if you break a mirror, you get seven years of bad luck. I believe Israel is truly broken here. And while they've not broken a mirror, this is seven years of great pain and unfortunate things for them. And that number seven is not a total, totally arbitrary number. This is seven years is first and foremost how long it took Israel to understand that they needed the Lord. To see their mistake and repent. It took them seven full years. But we also see that seven, there were seven years of famine in Egypt in Joseph's time and that there will be seven years of tribulation still to come. Now, Joseph, we find that in Genesis 41.30 and then the great tribulation period, the seven years of tribulation, and we find that in the 70th week of Daniel in Daniel 9 uh, verses 23 through 27. And we'll talk about that a little bit more at the end. I just lost everything. There it goes. But this was their worst captivity. This was the hardest time for Israel to this point. And they're going to get into a lot more things. But 
Israel was almost destroyed every year. Now this brings to mind uh, a story from Christ in Luke chapter 15. So if you'll turn with me there. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11, and the Bible says, And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine, and he would fain have and he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. This ungrateful son took uh, his untimely inheritance and lived a life of excess. Israel was just coming out of a life of plenty. They were just coming out of forty years of ease. But when the money ran out, when Israel decided to uh, go back to the other gods, when, when they decided to stop worshiping the Lord himself, they found themselves in a very hard time. The good times were over, and he found the people around him hard and uncaring, so much so that he had to fight the pigs for his food because no man would help him. Now, this is the hard lesson that Israel is learning through the Midianites. And he, they're learning this that unfortunately they're going to have to learn it again and again and again. But thankfully they have a loving Heavenly Father. Just as the young man in Luke chapter 15 uh, was able to return to his father and, and become a son again Israel is going to repent and turn back to God. Proverbs 22.6 tells us... Let me turn there. Proverbs 22.6. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. A good, loving father never misses a chance to train his errant child. When Israel cried out to God, God sent a prophet to teach them. Notice before, in all the other cases, when Israel cried out, God sent them a deliverer. Here, God's sending a prophet. Our Heavenly Father is showing us the way. There's a time and a place for deliverance from strife, contention, and problems. And then there's a time and a place for us as fathers to let our kids stew in their mess and to remind them why they're in the mess that they're in in the first place. The difference in the two is the attitude of the child. A child with a true repentant spirit and understanding of their state will be delivered with speed, while a child who is still showing signs of rebellion will need to be taught more. I believe that Israel in this case was getting to the point where calling on God was their get-out-of-jail-free card. And it was time for God to remind them who he was 
So he sent a prophet rather than a deliverer right away. If we go back to Luke 15, if we continue in the story of the prodigal son, and we see in him a truly repentant spirit. Luke 15, verse 20, And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the said son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. We know that the son, as he was returning, was willing to just become a servant. He was not expecting to be a son again. He was not expecting to be promoted back to the place where he was. He was just wanting to serve and survive. He was truly repentant and humbled himself. I believe Israel here is still just calling on God because it's what's fixed everything before. So thus saith the Lord, through the prophet, God reminds them of who they are and who he is. You were slaves and powerless and in bondage, and I delivered you. You were unable to drive out those in your land. I drove them out and gave you a possession. You turned to other gods. I am more powerful than all of them. In fact, I created them. They are nothing but fallen angels. You are the rebellious child who has not obeyed my voice, and I am the omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent Alpha and Omega creator of the universe. And we need to understand that in our lives. This is still the same God. And Israel at this time is such a tremendous picture of us as a people, even as Christians, those that have come to know and know the the Father, come to know Christ as our Savior, how we still walk away almost on a daily basis. How we still stumble and fall. And we have to constantly keep coming back and repenting, but we have to do it in humility. When we pray, when we seek God's face to restore that relationship that's been broken, we have to do it with a true and pure heart. And I think that's where many fail today is they do it out of duty they do it because that's what they're supposed to do they don't mean it in short God is telling Israel the fault is yours the blame lies squarely on your shoulders you have made your bed now lie in it now this is where the story would end if I was God if it was me if it was my flesh I have little mercy But God is a God full of grace and mercy, and this is not where Israel's story ends. God is long-suffering, but only to a point. But God is going to send them a deliverer. God is going to raise up Gideon, and he's going to do miraculous things through Gideon to deliver them from the Midianites. And then Israel is going to fail, and then God is going to raise them up another deliverer, and then Israel is going to fail, and this is going to continue, and it still continues today. But soon and very soon... God's mercy and grace for the world are going to run out and He'll call the church home and then we'll see the seven years of great tribulation like has never been seen. It will come on the face of the earth before Christ will return and rule for a thousand years and at the end of that thousand years will come judgment and all those who have rejected Christ will be cast into the lake of fire 
for all eternity. That is the end of God's long-suffering. The righteous judge will have judged righteously. But God is going to send a deliverer. And what a blessing to know that if we are still here, God has a plan for us and He is still working on and in us. But I believe that these first seven years of the, the captivity of Israel under the Midianites is a small picture for us of what it's going to be like during the Great Tribulation. Now, thankfully, those of us that are saved are never going to see it. We're not going to have that issue. But those on earth are going to be uh, creating for themselves caves and rock, caves and dens in the mountains. They're going to, the book of Revelation tells us they're going to call for the mountains to fall on them. And through all of that, unfortunately, the difference between Israel and the rest of the world at that time is Israel turned and repented and went back to God, but the rest of the world is still going to rebel against Him. Don't harden your heart. We're going to look at the apostles tonight uh, a little bit, and we're going to see some hard hearts, some minds that never were able to be changed. Don't be that way today. For us today, let's focus on today. Let's not worry about what's happened in the past. Let's not worry about what's going to happen in the future. Let's worry about taking each step today with God and serving Him to the fullest of our ability.